Hey, you're listening to J&K on Opinionated Creators, where we talk creative development on Tuesdays and everything nerd on Thursdays. Today we'll be analyzing Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man, taking a look at why this character was the best fit to start the MCU. Um, so I wanted to start this off by looking at what's the best way uh, you personally feel it is to start a franchise. Like, how do you feel the best way a franchise should start? Mm, I feel the best way a franchise should start. I think, honestly, the best way is, like, to sit down, brainstorm, think about what... How can I say it? Sit down, think about think about what appeals to the the general the general the generation and the general popu- population of today like what what kids and just people in general are, are are really into these days once you once you have that once you have that accommodated for then i think that's like the first step in The first step in the right direction of having something tangible tangible yeah to having something that people like me in our in our age group like tw- in our 20s or my younger siblings who are five years younger to 10 years younger than me even hell even my grandma who, okay so you know, do you think you can give like a brief like example like okay so like looking at iron man why do you feel that Iron Man was, for Marvel, the best, like, film to choose of all their 10,000-plus characters? Let's toss out, like, you know, the, the bankruptcy situation with uh, Marvel having to put all their characters up for collateral. Let's toss that out. Let's toss out the business aspect of, of the decisions. Why would Kevin Feige feel that Iron Man as a character was the most important character for Marvel to focus on to start their franchise. Mm, personally, I think it's because even even in his character, the writing of his character, he is really an underdog story. Like when you really sit back, yes, he had, he was rich, he was famous, he had the ladies, but he really didn't have anything going for him before he donned the suit. You know, he was depressed. He was an alcoholic and shit like that. And people like people are like that in real life. People get depressed. People are addicts. People are addicted to things that make them cope with life. Yeah, true. But I mean, like they never focused on on Iron Man uh, in that in that capacity. Actually, throughout his entire franchise, they yeah, that is true. they probably referenced uh, Demon in the Bottle maybe once in Iron Man too. Yeah, the whole party scene. Um, but. In my opinion, I think it's because he's grounded. If you look yeah. at all the 10,000 plus characters, he is the most grounded. He's, he's, he's more as, grounded he's than as Captain grounded America. As you can be for a rich man getting in a suit of armor, flying in the air, and it, fighting the aliens and shit. Point. That is true. That he is grounded. He is a very grounded character. And it's like, of course, if they had the X Men or the Fantastic Four, they start the franchises off with those. But they didn't. So the best next option was probably the best bet for them, anyways. 
It wasn't an A-list character. It was a character that... It wasn't a B-list character. Yeah, it was a character that I feel that they were able to explore more. And yeah. and Robert Downey Jr. explored that character exceptionally. Um, Man. So, in what ways do you think Marvel focused on the Iron Man character? Like, how do you feel that Marvel focuses on character overall? Hmm. Like you said, aside from the demon in the bottle aspect, because Marvel and Disney would have never gone that route. One thing that they weren't afraid of was honing in on his, what's the word I'm looking for? Like his, his flaws. One thing that I liked that Marvel did about Iron Man is that they showcase his failures, but they also showcase him learning from his failures to better himself. Going yeah. forward. Yeah, definitely. Take uh, in, in Iron Man 1. I want to really just stay on this one film. Yeah. Um, but take Iron Man 1. And you have Tony at the beginning of the film. He's portrayed as a billionaire. Who likes to live life on the edge. Mm -hmm. and, and you see this in, in a multitude of different ways. He gambles. He drinks. drinks. He sleeps with multiple, multiple women. Exactly. And it's like... Sometimes he at the goes, same time. He goes... Uh, in a war zone with limited protection. Mm -hmm. Even if it is, uh, a, like, you know, he only had, what, if, I, if I'm remembering correctly, a, a bulletproof vest underneath his suit. It was like some cool and it was start design. chain link start yeah, it was, design. It was, it was a sleek tight, vest. yeah, that he designed, a sleek tight bulletproof suit that he designed uh, to go out into the trenches, and he got caught up in the trenches. <laughs> exactly. Um, but one he of wasn't the... He wasn't accounted for that Jericho missile to land. No, I definitely don't think he was. Um, one of the ways that I think Marvel focuses on characters is, is by accentuating... First, by showing who the character believes they are, and then accentuating the flaw right. within that character. Right. Um, and, and the development of the character comes in, in the actual film in itself where the Iron Man overcomes that. And in this film, he, and this, and this I think is what, what makes the key to, to franchises, they kind of use like a TV tactic. They, they have like a secret little fourth act and, and, and it comes within the resolution. The resolution for Tony in Iron Man 1 was Iron Man. Yes. But as we find out later on in his superhero career, superhero career and in his, in his films, he, the suit was just a crush for yeah. him. And, and this is even shown in Spider-Man Homecoming where he's evolved beyond that, that crutch. Mm -hmm. Now understanding that no matter who, where he's at, what the trench is, he can think his way out of it. Mm -hmm. Really with the... That was really what the whole... I would take it back to Iron Man 3. That's what that whole movie was about, seeing whether... It, what, did the suit make the man or did the man make the suit? And definitely the man makes the suit, not always. Yeah, and, and that would complete his whole entire story arc, essentially, that that Tony has fear. And in every appearance that, he ha that he's shown... To heaven, even in home homecoming, it's always in a state of fear. Mm -hmm. 
he he always is a man that acts out of fear until Endgame, where he like you know didn't, and that was actually the first time in scene that he was just mad. He wasn't fearful. He even in in Infinity War, I would argue that there was some under underlining like you know fear that he had because this was this was the moment. You knew it was because. In the scene where he convinces Strange to take the fight to Thanos, that was com- uh, that was a decision made completely out of fear. In his mind, you know they got they had to drop on Thanos, so why not meet him in his court? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Definitely. So one of the ways that I think uh, Marvel focuses on character is that they they know the benefits and the drawbacks of actually maintaining perspective. Mm-hmm. They they know the difference between the audience's perspective, meaning what the audience knows, the information that the screenwriter wants to pass to the audience, versus what the character knows. And I think that's a big thing that, uh, like, you know, uh, a lot of other studios miss when it comes to these films, and they're starting to get it now um, with, with some newer films. Yeah. But there, there, there is some slight miss. Um, and I think that's partially because they didn't start off focusing on, on, on character. They, didn't, they showed who the character was, but did not show flaw within the character, so there's no growth. If there's no growth, what story is there? Right. You can have any type of villain and and essentially challenge your character physically, but then if he's not challenging your your character morally or mentally, or even spiritually, or or spiritually in some cases, it, it perfectly perfectly said, it you miss a huge opportunity of of your audience actually liking your character. Exactly. Uh, and this could happen to even the most popular of characters in our current history, <clears throat> as we've seen. Yeah. Um, one of the things uh, that, that I feel like is, is a huge drawback, um, which is, I think, one of Marvel's biggest uh, problems, uh, or rather criticisms that they get with their films is with the villains. Mm. And and I feel that this is a drawback to focusing on perspective. Um, you focus on the main protagonist, knowing that the main protagonist is where the story is at. It is. It, it's not where his villains are. The villains are just a chapter in his book. Take the Infinity Saga for for example. You have Iron Man introduced as a billionaire, and it takes his whole three movies to get past one flaw. And that was the suit. Yeah. In each movie, he finds some new way, quote unquote, way to to get past this, but he truly doesn't until his third film, when he gets rid of his arc reactor. And he chucks it into the fucking ocean. But every time we still like, but the constant theme with Iron Man is that he operates out of fear, and even in Infinity War, we see that, and and we see old. Ghost kind of coming back from his past, from when he was in the cave, yeah. and and I'm not even talking about the shot in 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 Endgame, but he's on the Benatar. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, like take when when he like you know, so proudly stood up to uh, uh, what's his name in in New York. Um, 
Yes, Ebony Maw. And, and then that, that great line where you're sorry, Earth is closed today. And it's like, one thing that Tony does is something that the comic book Spider-Man admitted to doing. And, it, and you see this as a recurring theme. Every time he's in danger, he talks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every time he's scared, he talks. Even even when he fought Thanos, he talked. He talked, yeah. Yeah, and, that, and, is, that is true. And until, until in Endgame, he didn't. He had no more words to say. At exactly. that point, he was just like, let's get this and, and I think that's that's part of the, the key to, to like, you know, to building a franchise. But also, like, in that same breath, I think that's the a bit of the drawback to focusing on perspective. Now, focusing on perspective comes with great benefits. You get great character development, but you have to limit the characters that you develop and look at the larger picture. Marvel knew that their overarching villain was always going to be Thanos. And in every every little bit of movie that we get is just a glimpse of one perspective, one little page in the overall comic. That is true. And it, and it's like they it's it comes with benefit of they approach these films as comic writers mm-hmm. instead of as film writers exactly. following the three act recipe. Exactly. And you can still follow that three act recipe, but then still add in flavor to that recipe. That's definitely what Marvel does right, is that they treat their movies like a comic, you know, instead of, this is our next big movie. Like, like of course, to them, it's like, oh, our next big movie, but it's like, this is our next big comic experience. And it's like, they approach that this, with a single thought that this is a living, breathing world. Exactly. A living, breathing universe. And if this is a living, breathing universe, how would things be? And they established the rules in Iron Man with the most grounded character so that when they introduce the next film, then your mind gets expanded just ever so little. Mm-hmm. With, the, with, the, with the incredible Hulk? Yep. Which, let me add, I know that movie like gets the flack, like gets flack and everything for, to bring, but it's still one of my favorite MCU movies. I, I, I love that character model of the Hulk. Yeah. So, with differentiating between, like, you know, the audience's knowledge versus the character's knowledge, right. it's super important to basically remember that what you need your audience to know is different than what your characters know. Right. And oftentimes, your audience will know a lot more without you having to say it because you showed it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not meaning like Easter eggs. In, in, like throwing Easter eggs in is a nice thing, but think of it as frosting on the cake. It's the last thing you do in a film because you don't want the Easter eggs to sidetrack you. Yeah. Just like, for example, there was absolutely no need whatsoever for that shot of Batman looking at Robin's suit in that certain movie with the certain writing on it. And the, and the reason why I bring this up is because... I thought that was a very good certain movie, by the way. It, it, it was very enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me wrong, it was a very enjoyable film. But... <laughs> My point being is it was an unnecessary Easter egg to something that the audience already knew. 
Mm -hmm. Then the, the, the writers and director had to come out and say, oh yeah, Robin died, Joker killed him. Which Robin was it? Oh, it was Dick. So you kill off the most popular yeah, I heard Robin. About I, I was peeved about that. I was like, that makes zero sense, but okay. And, and, and it's like, it, it's hmm, the most popular incarnation of a character And now you have to explain why, instead of coming out with the film that explained why prior. Right. And, and that's not a good enough incentive for somebody to go see a film. It's a, it's a little... Nonetheless. Nonetheless. <laughs> back, back on topic. The audience's knowledge is, is vastly different from the, from the characters. Mm -hmm. And, and like, take what, what Iron Man knows, for example, in Iron Man 1. Iron Man 1, even though at the end, Fury tells him, you are part of a much larger universe, you just don't, just don't know, know it yet. Even though he says that line, and, and, and Tony gives us this really smug look, I think that look was just like more this, like, why are you this sitting This is like years before Avengers happens, right. which means that he has no idea Hulk exists. He has no idea Thor exists. He does know Cap exists, existed. He knows Cap existed, but he does not know that Cap has been thawed. Or is about to be thawed. I don't think it was Or rather that he's been found. Was he found in Iron? It was all in that week. That was Fury's big week, holy shit. Okay, yeah, true, true. So it, it, it's, it, it like comes with importance like to know like the difference between what your audience knows and what your characters know. And then you exploit it. Okay. And that's how you, you, you further the development of your, your story in, in your audience's experience. Because you want your audience to find out new things almost in, in every corner. And I think that's why people felt that, that Captain Marvel was a bit lackluster, because we knew so much going into the film. Yeah, that is true. The, the scrolls, we knew the scrolls existed. It was in the trailer. So it was like... There was nothing exciting about the space aspect, because we got that from Guardians and Guardians 2. Exactly. And it's like a lot of the experience that we, that we, it was just knowledge that we were just getting essentially. It was an information dump movie yeah. and I'm not bashing the movie. It was enjoyable it was still in the action movie, that, it, yes. that it had, but it was a lot of information, a lot like Thor 2, which was vastly not about Thor, but about the reality stone and having to come. Yeah, and having to explain such a, a complex lot of thing, yeah. for this one MacGuffin. Yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> with fear being the main drive for, for Iron Man, um, I, I wanted to, to, like, just basically note that, like, Iron Man, like, uses, like, technology just to, like, cope to protect himself, and it's, like, a recurring theme yeah. in every appearance. I mean, and not to jump all the way back to Endgame, but that was kind of in... Pepper's line with, you can rest now. She knew that, I mean, he never got sleep. He was always in, in the workshop creating, creating. Yep. I mean, one, one thing that I came to realize, he stated that, we've seen in, in Iron Man 3 that he works when he, he's having a PTSD moment or he's feeling sad. Mm -hmm. He started building stuff at six years old. 
Yep. So he's been dealing with these problems since a kid. Yep. It's only expanded because of the events of MCU. It's only gotten worse because of the events of MCU. So Tony was always, you know... And this is, this is like, why, like, I wanted to, like, bring this up, because it's, like, Marvel finds multiple solutions to a single character flaw. Mm-hmm. And, and that is each movie. Yeah. And then they go to the next character. <laughs> yeah. That is true. So it's, like, for me, I feel that Mar Marvel prioritizes things in, in the order of character from flaws and development mm -hmm. to then story. And, and it's, like, for story, they have two different stories. Well, they, well, truthfully, they have multiple different stories within a single film. And, and with Iron Man 1, they had two. And the first one was we have to first introduce this character and introduce the flaw. Yeah, yeah. His m minor cope, like his cope, and his cope was Iron Man. But then his thought was, well, my, my, my first incarnation of it wasn't perfect, so I got to get it perfect. Yeah. And that's where the multiple marks came in. Yeah. And, and he started building more and, my, and more and, and more because he, he, he was still hanging on to this solution. Yeah. And that's what, what Iron Man 2 was. Mm -hmm. and, and when he was forced with, uh, and it's like, it was more focused, Iron Man 2 threw a new flaw on it, which was mortality. Yes. Yep. It, while still accentuating the previous flaw, mm -hmm. which was his fear. And it, is, it became his fear of dying, his fear of leaving Pepper, his fear of leaving mm -hmm. the world without a protector, mm -hmm. and all that. And this is Iron Man's story for the films. Yeah, yeah. And this, and as these films go on, it will evolve. Now, for Avengers, that's the franchise. Mm -hmm. That's the overarching universe for now. Now it's about to grow even more. Now it's just going to be the MCU, which is why I think they're getting rid of phases, officially. Yeah. Because saying that it's a phase says that it's going to be bookmarked with an Avengers film at the end. Every, exactly. Like the last three phases ago. Yeah. And, and so, like, knowing the overarching story is happening around your character while your character is in his own world oblivious to, to everything that is grander than him. And as your character learns more, then he suddenly realizes, up, oh, I'm out of my bubble because I've learned what I need to learn in my bubble. Exactly. Now, ah, oh, shit. I'm sorry. Ah, oh, crap. <laughs> there's a little whoops here. No worries. There's, there's, a new, there's a new world out there. There's a new bubble. And now there's a whole slew of old new information and thus him coping with aliens. Yeah. And that was the new, like, you know, thing that they stacked on top of it. Mm -hmm. And then they bookmarked his story with, all right, I am Iron Man, like the suit is me, and, and now I can mentor. Yeah. But he still has this paranoia now that the world will be invaded again. Exactly. The world needs a shield. Exactly. Hence his argument with Iron Man. And it's all, that's why it's always important to choose your lines very carefully when, when you're doing a story. Because when, when you're doing a story and writing a story, every line matters. Why? Because the audience is listening. Yes, the, the under like the undertone movements is, is super important, but 
overall the, the audience is listening and that's that's what like you know has to has to also be kept in mind it's keeping in mind the difference between your character's film stories or your character's stories and your overarching franchise's story they have to be two different things and they often have to conflict yeah lastly like i said easter eggs and villains and this is why like marvel's villains kind of suck <laughs> in the grand scheme of things and why thanos was awesome because thanos actually had a film built around him where yeah. he was the main character so they had all, literally four hours five hours to to look at the film and in in basically flesh out a character we've never met before and that they've only alluded to off screen through their subplots in this is this is um, this is the unfortunate thing of of like you know focusing on the benefits uh, or focusing on like you know perspective, but it, it clearly shows that focusing on perspective is the way to go. Yeah. Uh, and it's like like I said, Easter eggs and villains are the are the last things. They should always challenge and propel your characters, but they should never be two dimensional. They should never like just have a two-dimensional reason and i think that's what a lot of people's gripes are with superhero films the villains have very two-dimensional reasons behind why they do what they do right some sometimes yeah people just do do crazy things but that is a very in 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 reality that is a very 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 small percentage of the world which is why that doesn't tune well with most of the audience. Right. Yeah, that's that's what I wanted to talk about today. I mean, hey man, it's, it was a very great analysis conversation. I loved it. It's very eye-opening on the writing process, especially when it comes down to this new age of superheroes. Superheroes and just in general, just character building in general. Yeah, you, you know, know, it's crazy because superhero films are making more money, so it's pushing other film industries, like the other genres yeah. in the film industry, to work harder because yeah. they they're not making as much money, they're not getting that spotlight. And it's I'm for me, I just hope that superheroes and and this like you know the superhero genre in 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 whole gets out of that negative stigma of being a superhero, superhero film and actually gets film. respected as like you know and gets respect for the subgenres that it has yeah despite having a superhero as a main character yeah a superhero as a main character is an aspect of the film it isn't the film i mean and and it really goes to show that it definitely needs to get out of that stigma because when people cry for a superhero Spoiler alert, that passed away, you know, however long he was on screen for. That just goes to show that it was some damn good writing. People connected with this character. It hit home. You feel like you lost a loved one. Yes. I of course it's the acting. Of course it's, it's yeah, how Marvel yeah. orchestrates everything. 
but at its core down to it and it's even despite the fact that that iron man was still improv it went off of beats yeah exactly. and and, I mean, and, and was, that, that's something i forgot to say iron man went off of beats yeah. it was it was it mostly of, improv but those beats kept ma made sure that, that iron that robert downey jr exactly. maintained in scenes that could accentuate exactly. his character favreau gave them a list and said this is the plot points of what you these are the beats that you need to dance to have at it and like they said, the first movie, he's, what, 10, 15% written, the rest was improv. You don't, you, it was a great movie. You don't realize that it's improv. Like, that's just Yeah, down to the, good. down to, like, every core of how that movie was done, down to the CG, the limited CG that they used. Really? Because most of it was practical. And most of it was practical outside of, like, the suit mechanics and yeah. moving and everything. Yeah. And, 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 yeah, so it's like, it, it, as his franchise progressed, it became more CG. Yeah. Because, because he had to renegotiate his, yeah. his contract oh, with, too. with like how they were having him in a hot suit. He was like, look, buddy, I'm in this full plated suit for these, for them faraway shots. I can't do it. Right. I'm getting way too old for it. I just can't. Well, I mean, we got to close this now. This is like, in 30 minutes. 30 minutes long. Um, but it was a great conversation. All right, next time, man. <laughs>